Aloha Connect Church. Chris and I just want to send you our warmest greetings from Hawaii where we are vacationing these two weeks. And we are so grateful for all of you giving us an opportunity to get away. This has really been a Sabbath rest for us and we're very grateful we're getting the rest that we've been needing for a long time. Chris has been sleeping about 11 hours a day, which is awesome for her. I'm not that much of a sleeper, but I've been spending extra time in Bible reading and prayer, and it's just been really rejuvenating and refreshing for my soul. And of course, look at this place where we're at. It's awesome. Uh, but one of the special things that's happened while we are here, uh, we attended a church, one of our sister churches on the island here, and the pastor here shared with me some books about the first missionaries that came to the Hawaiian Islands. And I've been reading them, learning about being on mission in Hawaii. Do you know that in the 19th century, when the first missionaries came here, 95% of the Hawaiian natives abandoned their idols and began to follow Jesus Christ. That's what being on mission is all about. Can you imagine what would happen to Gallatin County if 95% of our people turned to Jesus Christ? It, it would be mind-boggling, the transformation that would happen in our community if, if that were to happen, because you and I were on mission. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited about this study in Ephesians, is because all of us ought to be on mission. So give Pastor Dave your full attention as he shares today's teaching with you, and we will see you next Sunday. Aloha, and I think Chris wants to say aloha too. Aloha. Looks like they're getting a little sun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, as you know, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, uh, Russ and I have kind of collaborated on this series of uh, on Ephesians, and uh, it's been fun to do that, to work together with him. The um, first week, as you remember, we talked about um, Paul reveals the mystery of the gospel, and he talked about um, how this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and members of the same body. And uh, remember, it used to be all segregated. There was only certain ones were insiders and certain ones were outsiders. And, and God adopted us all and said, you're all insiders now. And then, then we talked about what that means as far as for us as a family. If we're all adopted, then we're all siblings now. We're all in the same family, aren't we? And so uh, we talked about being united and what that meant. And so today... We're going to begin into the next phase of what Paul's teaching here in, in Ephesians. The first section, he really deals with the theology of God adopting us and, and, and us being a family and, and the whole theology of, of all of that. The rest of the book really deals with um, the, you know, where, where the rubber meets the road. It's the practical application of all of this. And so this morning, we're going to start talking about imitating, Okay what it means for us to imitate our Father. And as members of one family, we have a responsibility to more than just get along with each other, which we do have that responsibility, and we talked about that last week, but we also have a responsibility to look like our dad, like our Father. And um, that doesn't mean we're going to look like him in our features, obviously, we would all have to look the same, and I don't see a, a, two of you that look the same. And so, but we need to look like him in the way we live. Amen? So, 
what does it really mean to imitate? And um, the dictionary simply defines it as to follow as a model. Okay? So to, to model somebody, to follow them and do what they do. And that's really what the disciples did with Jesus. They walked with him for three years and they learned to model the way he lived and the things he did. Amen? And that's really what Jesus did with God. Jesus came to us to model how God is so that we would have somebody to follow so that we would know, so that we could imitate that as well. In fact, John 5.19 says, so Jesus explained, he said, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. If you have a long enough memory, we just sang that this morning, didn't we? We sang that very line. So it just kind of goes to show you, okay, that we're, we're, we're singing scripture there. Okay, that did, we didn't, didn't just pick that out of the sky somewhere. Our primary verse this morning is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to look at more of Ephesians, but I want to begin with this verse. It says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I don't have this next verse up here, but same, same verse. I just want to read it out of the message. Just listen. It says, watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. So, the bar is set pretty high for us to imitate him, isn't it? But Paul challenges us to be imitators of the Father, of his love. He challenges us. He says, if he didn't say by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians to imitate God, um, he wouldn't have said it if it weren't possible. Okay, we can live this life. You know, imitating is a huge part of, learn, of the learning process of children. When I was uh, growing up, I, I shared with you last week a little bit of the story of my brother Joe. And uh, this week I want to tell you about my brother Andy. When he was, um, he came to our home when he was about two-ish, you know, pushing three years old. And from day one, I mean, we lived out on a dairy farm, and, and he just loved every bit of it. And whatever my dad was doing, he had to be right there with him, just following his footsteps, doing what he was doing. I mean, seriously, when, how many of you have ever spent time on a combine without a cab? Okay? Pretty miserable, isn't it? Hot, the, you know, especially when you're going the wrong direction, the wind's blowing it all back on you, all the chaff. You're itchy and dusty and dirty. When mom tried to pull him off of that combine to come in to go to bed, 
He would cry and scream and no, no, no. He wanted to be out there with dad. And that's how kids are with their dad. I, I, this morning I had to take a picture. Michael and Ezra were helping um, in, in the kitchen area and they were washing grapes and Ezra was up on a stool and he was helping dad and it was just, it was awfully cute. I wish I had time to get it up there for you, but um, it was great. But kids learn by imitating and working with their dad. They learn from mom too. Okay, I'm not going to eliminate that. But we're talking specifically here about God our Father, okay? And that's how, who we're learning from. Um, just the story of Andy. When, I don't remember how long he was with us. I was, you know, second, third grade, something like that at the time. Um, but then the um, welfare services decided to give his mom another try. And, you know, I don't know if he'd ever even experienced you know, or knew who his real dad was, but he definitely knew his mom, and she wasn't a very good mom, and so they took him away from her and gave him to us for a while, and they said, let's give her another try, and they put him back with her, and I'll never remember, never forget, I mean, I still to this day remember that car driving away with him in the back seat, just bawling his eyes out. So he didn't understand. He was like, why are you letting them take me? And it was only six months or so when he was back with us again, but it wasn't the same. The trust level wasn't there anymore. And um, But that time, his sister was with him as well, his younger sister, and we did end up adopting both of them. Um, but what's interesting is as they grew and developed, um, this kind of replies back to the first message in the series on adoption, but um, there was his sister, Amy, she decided to go find her, her real parents, her real mom. And when she was old enough. And my mom asked Andy about that. She said, you know, would you want to go find your mom too? And he said, why would I want to do that? You guys are my parents. You know, to him it was just matter of fact. But to her, it was something, you know, everybody responds differently. But she did go back um, and found her mom, from what I understand. Um, I guess they got drunk together. Her mom beat her up. And none of the family's ever heard from her since. That was quite a few years ago. But... So adoption isn't always this glamorous, wonderful story. But with God, it is. Because he's a perfect dad. Amen? Amen. So the question for us as adults, if, if little kids learn by imitating, how does that apply to us as adults today? How can we learn to imitate, and what does it look like for us to imitate our father? I don't think it looks quite like this picture you're going to see here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we all have to dress the same and look the same. So that's, that's, that's not it. Uh, who would do that? <laughs> uh, um, if you would, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt, hurt your feelings or anything. Um, but I think this next picture is more what we're talking about. Okay? It's, um, it's a, a little kid that you know, tries on dad's work gloves because they want to do what dad's doing and work with dad, you know? And um, so we need to learn to work with our father. And then the next one also, we need to learn to walk with our father. And um, children learn so much by imitating, and you know, we're supposed to still be like children, right? God knows that we learn that way, and he wants us to learn how to act like we ought to as his kids. 
and he wants us to learn it by imitating. The point here this morning is that as an insider, we can learn to imitate our Father. Okay, we can do that. We can learn to imitate our Father. Okay, we know that God is love, right? There's a verse in the Bible that says that. That's the whole verse. God is love. And uh, as kids, we learn that that's the shortest verse in the Bible. God is love. So if we're going to look like him, we need to love like him, don't we? And it just so happens that he gave us a guide on how to love. I'm going to go briefly to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you're familiar with that, you know it as the love chapter. And I don't have the whole thing up here, but um, we'll get to a part of it. I'm just going to read a little part of it. And I'm not going to expound on it. I'm just going to read through it. And um, this is a description of what love is. And so you can use this as a litmus test in your life. Am I doing this? Or am I not doing this? Or am I doing the opposite of this? Okay, it says love is patient. Boy, hit a hard one right off the bat. <laughs> love is patient. And don't pray that God will give you patience because <laughs> he'll test you so that you have an opportunity to be patient. Amen? Love is patient. And really, it's, it's a choice of our will to be patient in it. Usually when we're not patient, it's because you know, we, we want our own way instead. It's just not going our way or whatever. But we can choose to be patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 13. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. Love is powerful. I remember years ago, I preached a message one time on the most powerful force in the universe, and it's love. And I don't mean the love between a man and a woman or a parent and their child. I mean the love of God. Because the love that we have only comes from Him. Did you know that children do not have the capability to love inherently on their own? They can only reflect the love that's given them, just like the moon only reflects light. And we're, we're the same. God, all the love that, that we experience in this world is, comes from God. And all we can do is reflect that love. Let's go back to Ephesians. Because I want to spend the, the bulk of our time here in Ephesians. I'm going to begin actually in chapter uh, 4, verse 29. So if you have your Bibles or um, electronic devices, you can uh, go there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And I'm... I, I really don't plan on expounding a lot on these. I'll make some comments here and there. But Paul did such a great job. of. Uh, I mean, the Scripture really speaks for itself here. It's easy to understand. It's very simple, very clear. This is how we live to um, 
when we imitate him. Now, I said I'm not going to make a lot of comments, but I'm just going to read one, two, three, four, five, six com- words, and then I'm going to make a comment. <laughs> the first line says, do not use foul or abusive language. Okay, now you're getting into all the do's and don'ts of the church again, right? Don't do this, and don't do that, and don't do that, and you better do this. All the rules. If you look at it in that way, I guess you can take it that way. But really, this list of things we're going to go through here aren't do's and don'ts. They teach us how to imitate our Father. They really just show us what He is like. And therefore, what we learn to be like as we spend time with Him. Does that make sense? It's not just do's and don'ts. So don't use foul or abusive language. If, if in your past, before you um, be, decided to follow Jesus, that was a big part of your life, that can be a habit that's hard to give up. But you know what? Keep learning to be like Jesus. Keep following him. Keep imitating him. And it'll all go away as long as you keep following. But if you keep going back to more of that, it's going to be harder to get rid of it. That make sense? Okay, let's go on. Let everything you say be good and helpful. I'm not going to read through these fast. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. How many of you at times really need encouragement? Yeah. If you know you need it, you know others need it. We need to be careful with our words so that they will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That's really where it comes down to on the do's and don'ts. If we're living like we shouldn't, it brings sorrow to our Father. Makes Him sad. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as his own. He looked at you and said, you are mine. That's what Jesus did. You're mine. You are his own. He identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. If you're his, you will be saved on the day of redemption. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Does that verse sound familiar? Russ kept bringing us back to that verse in his series on forgiveness that we just finished before Ephesians. But get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Did you know that we can get rid of them? How many times have you heard somebody say that, you know, it's my heritage or my my German temper or things like that, you know, as if there's nothing we can do about it? We can get rid of those things. It may not be easy. I'm not saying it's like, you know, throwing away an old pair of shoes. It's 
It's not easy, but we can do it if we choose to and go in the right direction. But be kind to one another and tenderhearted. Chapter 5, verse 1, and this is the verse we started with this morning. Imitate God, therefore. That's the reason I started before that is because there's a therefore there. It usually refers back to what was just said. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. I'm going to make a comment just on those words and the coarse joking and whatnot. And I don't necessarily mean dirty jokes and all that. I mean, obviously that applies. But how many times do you see even brothers and sisters in, in Christ um, degrade each other in fun? You know, they'll just make an off comment and not just joking. Be careful. Your words are powerful. And they go deep in people's hearts, even if you are just joking. Be careful. Remember the words we just read? Use words that encourage and lift up that are helpful. God gave us enough creativity to have fun and joke and laugh without cutting each other down. Use your creativity. If you want to laugh, use creativity for good humor. Amen? God's not a bah humbug. He's, I think he's got humor. He's got a sense of humor. There's no doubt about it. Look around a little bit. No, I'm just... God does have a sense of humor. In fact, you know, we don't really get it, but if you, when you read through the, through the New Testament and the Old Testament, you don't see it as much from what I understand, but you do definitely see it there too. But it, all through the New Testament, in Jesus' speaking, it doesn't translate as humor to us, but there were times he was definitely using humor in what he said in their day, and I, I wish it translated well. Um, how many of you know a different language besides English? How, how many, when, when I was a kid growing up, my, my parent, my dad and my grandparents, they all spoke German. It was the, it was the low German, the Plaudeutsch, they called it, and, which wasn't a written language. But whenever there was a family gathering or somebody, the uncles and everybody would get together and they would, you know, somebody would tell a joke in, in German and everybody would be laughing. And I'd say, well, what was it? What was it? And they would tell me in English and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it just made no sense. And so those of you that know another language, you know that Humor doesn't necessarily translate all the time. In fact, hardly ever. But anyway, be careful with our words. Verse 5, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy, greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Okay, I need to spend a little time on that verse. Make sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. How can any of us make it then? 
Is, is that a question on anybody's mind? How, how many of you have ever been greedy? How many of you have ever, you know, been immoral in any way? I mean, there's just, how are any of us going to make it? By grace, most definitely. But be careful when you read these verses. Because there's a difference between somebody who is pursuing a life of greed and immorality. That's the direction of their life. They're just, whatever pleases me, I'm going for it. Okay, there's a difference between that and somebody who has received the grace of Jesus when Jesus said, I forgive you because of what I did on the cross. And we say, thank you, please forgive me. And then we start living a life and, and trying to imitate Christ and moving towards him. And I stumble and fall. There's a difference between those two people. It doesn't mean you're never going to mess up. The difference is when you get back up, are you going to keep moving in his direction? Are you going to brush off and say, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep learning to imitate. Or are you just going to give up and go the other way? That's the difference here, okay? It's not saying if you've ever been greedy, you're not going to go to heaven. It's saying be careful of the direction of your life. If you're moving in the direction of God, you're doing good. Even if it's three steps forward and two steps back, you're still making progress toward God. Be encouraged in it. No matter how many times you fall, get up, face towards His grace and keep going. Amen? Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Isn't it interesting how in our culture today we're even legislating and making laws that allow sins? Interesting, isn't it? Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins which is what our whole culture is doing. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, and now you have light from the Lord. Verse 14, so live as people of light. He's given you his light. There's, he's filled the dark spaces with his light. Live in it. Live in it. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. The light of God in you is not the source of any darkness, anything that would not be pleasing to him. This light within you produces only what is good and right and true. What is this light within you? It's his spirit in you. It's the spirit of God. You know, when you decide, make the decision, say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, he gives you his Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus comes in you, and his Holy Spirit comes in you to help you. And then if you read in Acts chapter 2, and we've talked about this a few times in the last few weeks, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and filled the believers that were there, there were these miraculous signs that followed it. That's still for today, too. That's, that's a different filling. When you decide to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit is there. He's in you. But when he baptizes you in his Holy Spirit, then his Spirit is coming out of you. He fills you so full to overflowing that he's coming out of you to do his will and his work, to empower you to live as his children. 
Verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Carefully determine. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Do you recognize the evil in these days? Make the most of every opportunity. You know, and evil is getting worse. Does, should that make us say, oh no, what are we going to do? No. That should make us all the more Stand strong and shine bright, the Spirit of God. The darker the darkness, the brighter the light. Amen? We need to stand these days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord with your hearts and give thanks to everything, for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. How different would or should um, we as a, as a community of people look in comparison to the world around us. One of the sad things is when, as followers of Jesus, we don't look much different than the world around us. That is sad. And I'm not saying that's you. I'm saying it, but it happens. We, as followers of Jesus, need to look different. And we look different by imitating our Father because He looks so different from the world. Yeah. Amen? We've got to imitate Him. And, you know, as, as we, especially as these days get more desperate, and I'm, I'm sorry to, you know, burst your bubble if you think things are going to turn out well now that we have Obamacare and whatnot. I won't go there. Um, <laughs> but, you know what? As things in this world get more desperate, and they will, you know how I know that? Jesus said so. Amen. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, he said, I have overcome the world. Amen. That's why it doesn't matter who the president is. Amen. What matters is who our king is. Amen. I'm a citizen of heaven first and foremost long before I'm a citizen of this country. My citizenship in this country will one day be null and void. Not because I'm moving. <laughs> One day I'll die. If the Lord comes back before that, which I think he probably will, then I'm not a citizen here anymore. I'm a citizen in heaven now. I don't have to wait till I go to be a citizen in heaven. I've got dual citizenship right now. And there's only one that's going to remain. Only one that's going to remain. But as these days get more desperate, there's going to be people that get 
desperate. Let's not be one of those. Let's lift our heads high with hope in our king and look forward to his coming. Amen? Amen. We have so much going for us as followers of Jesus. And there's no excuse for desiring what the world has to offer. There's no excuse for that. How, how many of you have tried plenty of it? Yeah. There's nothing there. It's all in Jesus. We know where those things lead, but we also know where following Jesus leads. It leads to a glorious, wonderful place. If you haven't read yet the book, Heaven is for Real, true story of a four-year-old boy who had an emergency appendectomy. It was diagnosed late. He was dying. He didn't die on the operating table. But when he was having the surgery, he went to heaven. And he, it's an amazing account, just from a four-year-old kid described in his thing. You know, the dad wrote it, but he, the dad said he was careful. As things started coming out and they realized what had happened, they didn't, like, you know, um, give him ideas of what heaven was like. They just asked open-ended questions and said, well, what about this? What about that? And everything he described was consistent with Scripture. And um, it was just an amazing account. But as I, as I read that, I was like getting so excited <laughs> because it's real. It's so real. His um, mom had a miscarriage before he was born. And he's four years old. So, I mean, it's not like mom explained that to him or talked about it. But one day he says, and he had an older sister, and he says, I have two sisters. His mom just goes, no, you just have the... The one. Says, no, I have two. They're, they're the one that died in your tummy. She, she, she was floored. She's like, well, how do you know about that? He said, well, I met her in heaven. She wouldn't quit hugging me. <laughs> Guys, we, we are heading to a better place. And in the meantime, we need to share the hope that we have with as many people as we can so that they can go with us. Amen? How many people do you know right now that, that aren't following Jesus, that don't have hope? We need to share that. We need to share that. I want to I wanna just take a moment. If, you, if you're here this morning and, and you're hearing me talk about this hope of heaven and, and and the things, you know, the path of the world that you've maybe already tried and you're not a follower of Jesus yet and you're maybe interested and you're saying, you know, I want that hope. I want to have hope beyond what this world has to offer. And I want to pray with you this morning. So would you just, everybody just close your eyes, please, for a moment. And no looking around. If it's you this morning, if you're just saying, I just need to know that hope, would you lift, slip up a hand and I want to pray with you? Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Yep. A amen. There's a number of hands saying, yes, I want that hope. Amen. I just want to pray with you. Would you all pray with me this simple prayer? I thank you for the hope that you offer. I thank you that you paid the price 
for my sins. Please forgive me. Fill me with your love and fill me with your hope and help me to imitate you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you, if you made that choice, say amen. That's awesome. If you made that choice this morning, could you just simply mark that on your connection card that you made that choice? And we'd love to just get you some more information and visit with you about it. Um, no, no pressure. You don't have to. We're not forcing you to. But we'd love to talk to you about that. I'm going to share some next steps with you here in a moment. But let's, can we do this a little different? Can we kind of receive the, because I don't want to do this later. We're going to receive um, communion here again in a little bit as we're going to do every week of this series. But we're, um, could we receive the tithes and offerings and the connection cards while, we're, while I'm sharing the next steps with you? Um, I'd appreciate that. So just go ahead and begin receiving them, gentlemen. Um, first, I'd like you to um, read Ephesians chapters 1 through 20 every other day. Okay, just read those 20 verses. It'll take you just a few minutes, but just read it. Don't rush through it. Read it slowly. Still only take you a few minutes, but read that every other day. You're saying, why every other? Well, because the second one is, I want you to read 1 Corinthians 13 the other day. Okay, go back and forth between them and just let the description of love and the steps of how to live this life of light, let those sink into your soul, okay? Read those. And then the last one is to do something kind for somebody who needs it. And maybe even somebody you feel like doesn't deserve it. Maybe I should have added that. Might be a good thing for us, you know? Because if we're going to imitate our Father, if we're going to imitate Jesus, what did He do? He reached out and loved people who were unlovable, people who were hard to love. He really did. So those are your next steps. As we prepare for communion this morning, um, if you haven't been with us before when we've done what we call common cup, that's what we're going to do this morning. When Jesus gave the disciples communion um, on the, the night of the Last Supper before he was crucified, he, just, he was at a table with the, the disciples and he took a cup of wine and he took a drink and he passed it along. They all drank out of the same one. And we're going to not pass it along. We're going to have you come up forward. But those of you that are kind of germaphobes and having a coronary right now, um, we have a plan. It's okay. Those of you that are comfortable and, and like the idea of the common cup, feel free. We're going to have two cups up here, okay? So the one will be the common cup. The other will be for, for dipping. You'll take a bit of the bread and you'll, you'll dip it in the juice and then partake. Is that clear enough? Okay? If you're here this morning, we want to invite you to join us in receiving communion. doesn't matter what your upbringing is. If you grew up in an experience where you could only receive under certain circumstances, 
we're not going to do that. We want to invite you to join us in receiving this, okay? And um, so that's, that's just what I want to say about that. And as we're receiving and, and you're going through, just enjoy the worship, join in, and just love on Jesus, okay? And before we, <clears throat> I want to read a passage of Scripture first before we begin. The Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 11. And he says, I'm passing on to you what I received from the Lord Jesus himself. So Jesus shared this with Paul. <clears throat> I won't get in way in depth into that. But, you know, Paul wasn't a follower of Jesus until after Jesus was crucified and, and gone. Risen, you know, gone up to heaven. So it was after the fact that Jesus revealed this to Paul. The Lord passed it on to him. And he says, and I'm passing it on to you. He says, on the night he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread. We never focus much on that word betrayed. Why did Paul say it was on the night he was betrayed? You know, I think that shows that it was very intentional of Jesus. It shows that he wasn't he didn't just one day say, oh, hey, let's do this. That'll be a good remembrance thing for you. No, he was very, very intentional. And it was on the night he was betrayed. He was, he was steps away from the crucifixion where his body would be broken and his blood would be spilled on our behalf. He was just steps away from it. And he said, this is what's going to happen. And in the future, as you do this, as you drink the bread, the, the cup and eat the bread, remember me, he says. So the night he was betrayed, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. As we do this this morning, the Lord's presence is here in... Remember Russ talking about the real presence of Jesus? He's here this morning. And as you partake of these elements, you know what you can do? What you have the right to do because he gave you the right? You have the right to ask him for his presence in your life. If you need a physical healing, say, Jesus, I'm open. I receive whatever you have for me as you receive this this morning. Amen.